It's a day later, and Orlando Brown Jr. is a Bengal. It's going to be announced officially on Friday. What does that mean? Well, Jake Lisko is here fresh off of his date to react to one of the biggest signings in Bengals history. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. He's Jake Lisko. I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. We're going to discuss Orlando Brown Jr. What's going to happen at right tackle? Jonah Williams, Lyle Collins, plus a little comp pick discussion and some visits and a couple of signings, including a wide receiver. You know I love wide receivers. Today's show is brought to you by the all-new all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. I wanted to make sure I said Aria right. Yeah, Aria, like Aria Stark, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. I'm James Rapine. He's Jake Lisko. And Jake, without further ado, I had the emergency episode. I'm sure plenty of people heard my reaction to Orlando Brown Jr. I think it's one of the biggest signings in franchise history. You had a hot date, so you had to, to go and uh, and so no one's heard your reaction yet outside of Twitter at Jake Lisko. So I'm just going to step aside. What was your reaction to the Orlando Brown Jr. signing? And what's your reaction now? Oh, about 18 hours later. Everybody that follows me on Twitter saw my instant reaction, which was, yo, what the F? Uh, that, that, I mean, that's literally the, the words that passed it through was. my brain. It's what I <laughs> tweeted. I think a lot of people thought that. It came out of nowhere. No, in no world did I expect the Bengals to sign a starting left tackle, the Bengals to sign the consensus best available offensive lineman, Orlando Brown to accept a deal that makes him the 10th highest paid left tackle in football after Mike McGlinchey and Jawan Taylor signed the deals they signed, the Bengals to give out a $31 million signing bonus, guaranteeing over 60% of Orlando Brown's contract. I expected none of those things. Z- zero of those things were things that we have talked about in any serious regard on this podcast. I know you joked about it before we left yeah. last night. You're like, I'll, I'll go down to Kemba Mall for Orlando Brown's there. Lo and behold, and the Bengals like were so five good. minutes later. And the Bengals were so good, I didn't even have to do that. They were so good to me. They said, we're going to guarantee money. We're not going to go crazy here and negotiate and bring him in for a visit. So thank you, Bengals. Yeah, shocking stuff. I I share everyone's opinion here where this is unprecedented behavior by the Bengals. And, And we said it. They find new ways to surprise us every free agency. Jermaine Pratt was a surprise. And Orlando Brown makes Jermaine Pratt look mundane in terms of like how surprising it was the Mm -hmm. the Jermaine Pratt thing. At least you can look historically and say, okay, here's a precedent for what the Bengals did with Jermaine Pratt. There's no precedent for what the Bengals did with Orlando Brown, except for one, one thing about this is very recent Bengals MO to me, which is that the Bengals identified a player that they valued who came to a price point that he would agree with the team on, and they got the deal done. 
Yep. And this goes for Von Bell when he signed, Mike Hilton when he signed, Chidobe Abuzia, DJ Reader, like all these guys who are really, really good players. The Bengals had a price. That price met the market and was, in most of those cases, not all of them, below the consensus price for those players. And they got the deal done. So that is a piece that is consistent with their history. Recent history, I would say, is that they identified a value player at a premium position Mm -hmm. and got the deal done. I like that you brought that up because Duke Tobin, one thing he said during the at the combine, it was towards the end. And Mm -hmm. I think it was me, Paul Daner. Most of the writers had gone because Zach Taylor was talking. And we're still talking with Duke. And he said, just because you spend more doesn't mean you're going to have the better team. And he said, he said, they try to spend the appropriate amount for the players they want. And I think this is a great example of that because clearly the league looked at Orlando Brown and thought maybe he'd be a really, really good right tackle, high-end right tackle, but might not have valued him as much at left tackle. And the Bengals said, wait, four-time Pro Bowler, the guy who just allowed and helped the, the Chiefs not give up any sacks in Super Bowl 57, we can get him. And yeah, they had to be flexible with their their guarantees and, and, and go much higher than they've gone for really anybody, including the Jesse Bateses and offers to, to guys like that. And, and they were able to get him. And to me, like like I said, it, it's a little more than 18 hours. I'd say 20 hours removed. This is such a, oh, you think the Bengals aren't going for it? They're not pushing for the Lombardi? Like this is exactly what they're pushing for and 31 million dollars in as a signing bonus that's the most for an offensive lineman ever like that's that's awesome i love how they they were able to get this done and um they beat out the steelers which is pretty cool beat out the jets who would obviously love to be able to protect aaron Rodgers with a another proven lineman and instead he he's in cincinnati so i i think I'm even more in favor of this deal now than I was last night when I probably sounded over the moon and shocked because I, I just, this is such a, an all in let's get guys that can protect Joe Burrow. And, and obviously he's to me easily the best left tackle they've had since Andrew Whitworth. And he's not Andrew Whitworth to be clear. Not that you're saying he is obviously, but they have not had high quality tackle play since Andrew Whitworth. And Orlando Brown is a high-quality tackle. He was the guy that Brandon Thorne thought was the best available offensive lineman and offensive line girl that we often reference and have had on this show in the past. Find him at Brandon Thorne NFL on Twitter. Um, the, the only tier one tackle for, for Brandon Thorne's tiering. He was the number two overall free agent on Greg Rosenthal's top 101 free agents for NFL.com. He's a top 10 free agent for PFF. I mean – you name it, you name a source, he was a consensus top offensive lineman available. You talk about that signing bonus, James, that $31 million signing bonus. A couple things that tells us. What, what did I say about the Jermaine Pratt deal that was buried in segment three a couple days ago? They paid f- almost 50% of that deal in year one. Mm-hmm. The Bengals are not cash poor. I, I think this ought to put to rest any idea that they are cash poor with the amount of money that they're spending on these two guys so far with expected extensions to come for Joe Burrow. You're telling me they got that straight cash, homie? I am. And the the other thing, 
The other thing to do with this $31 million uh, signing bonus is, so the way this works, people are talking about this as a front-loaded deal, right? Because $31 million out of the $64.9 million is, yeah. is a signing bonus, and, and like $50 million, or $42 million of it, I think, is in the first two years. That doesn't mean that the cap hits are front-loaded. This is something I think that is confusing people. The signing yeah. bonus is paid out immediately in, in yep. one payment, but it is prorated from a cap perspective over the life of the deal. So that cap hit, that $31 million of cap is spread out into $7,750,000 cap hits over the next four years. And so what's going to end up happening in this deal most likely is that fourth year is going to be the biggest cap hit. But in four years, in 2026, the salary cap is probably $320 million. Yep. And so if the Bengals intend to honor that fourth year of the deal at that point, which they don't have to, right, because of the way NFL contracts work. But if he's still playing well and they want to keep him on, when that big cap hit does come down, the salary cap is going to be way bigger, Mm -hmm. way, way bigger. And so the next couple of years, so, so the way that I see it, if it is a minimum salary in 2023, and this is what we don't know yet, his cap hit for this year is a paltry $8.8 million. Which, $8.8 million, going up to 17.9, 15.3, and nearly 22 in the fourth year, based on reported cash flows. But pushing cap hits into the future again, right? That's something that we talked about with Jermaine Pratt. Yep. And you talked about it, James, a signal that the Bengals are doing some all-in stuff. They're looking around the NFL, looking at the way the Bills are managing things, the way the, the, the Chiefs are managing things, and they're doing some of the things those teams do in terms of the contract structure here to maximize their chances. And they could potentially rest- – if he's playing well, they could potentially restructure. We'll talk about that too, yeah. Down the line. So, yeah, let's discuss that. We'll dive into the right tackle spot. How does it impact – uh, comp compensate uh, compensatory picks compensation compensatory picks comp picks as Jake likes to talk about which a lot of people have asked about so we will dive into all of that and we have some signings to get to we'll do that next coming up here on locked on Bengals but today's show is brought to you by Built Bar Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet and man I think six eight six hundred or three hundred and six hundred three hundred and sixty three pound Orlando Brown Jr. Something tells me he's a big fan of Built Bars. And if not, maybe Built Bars uh, will send him a a box. Why? Well, they're the number one protein bar on the planet, covered in 100% chocolate, high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. And yes, the tournament just started. And if you go to BuiltMarchMadness.com, well, you can vote on your favorite bar or puff. And when you vote on your favorite bar or puff, you're going to be entered in a drawing to where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of Built Bars. So maybe. Maybe Orlando Brown Jr. can just enter the contest. Maybe it's that simple, Jake. That might be the easiest way. But one lucky fan is going to receive a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to their door. Again, that's BuiltMarchMadness.com. So, Orlando, I know you're listening. You're trying to get caught up on all things Bengals and hear what we're saying about you. Just go to BuiltMarchMadness.com and vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in. And support your pick. Again, that's BuiltMarchMadness.com. Talked about restructures as it pertains to contract structure, as it pertains to Orlando Brown, and really Joe Burrow in the future is another note when it comes to restructures. Talked about comp picks. There's a couple of notes here really quick before we talk about 
the the more substantial football impact, which is going to be on right tackle. So the way that restructures work in a nutshell is you take base salary. You remember that $31 million signing bonus I talked about that's prorated divided by four over the rest of the deal. You can do the same thing by converting base salary or other non-prorated bonuses like a roster bonus, which is what the Chiefs just did uh, with Patrick Mahomes, and you convert it to a prorated bonus. You convert it to signing bonus, and you would take, say, $5 million this year, convert it to a signing bonus, and then say there's two more years left on the deal. It's what's set up over the next two years, reducing the cap hit a little bit this year and adding to a cap hit in the future. So there's never straight saving cap space. But the way that this deal is done, if things are going well and the Bengals need more space in the future, they can't always restructure some salary here because there will be bigger salaries later in this deal and make some more cap space later on. The reason the Bengals aren't doing that this year is that most of their high-dollar salary contracts are in the last year of their deal. Also, they never do it. Uh, that would be a bigger reason. Uh, they, they philosophically like to avoid void years and and dead cap hits which is not something that the browns for example do look at the Juan thornhill contract where they will have a nine million dollar cap hit in four years when Juan thornhill is not playing for them anymore so these are things the bengals like to avoid but despite all that they did push those cap hits out the other point really quick here james before we talk about right tackle is comp picks pending cody ford numbers and and money which we don't know yet the bengals do lose their third round cap pick uh, comp pick for jesse bates Orlando Brown actually getting paid slightly more. That's $16.09 million. Per, or, or I guess it ends up being 16.02, being mm-hmm. slightly bigger than Jesse Bates, 16.01. And so they lose the third round pick, but they still have a fifth, sixth, and seventh round comp pick right now, uh, pending Cody Ford. But what did I say, James, is if it makes sense to get a player that dramatically improves your team, then you don't care about the comp pick, and that's what Orlando Brown represents. F them comp picks. Sure. Right? F them. F them. If, if it means protected nine, F right. them. Give them all up. Give them all away. And and I think that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And look – Orlando Brown Jr., like I said, it's it's a grand slam signing. It's not just a home run. They've had a lot of home runs in free agency. It's a grand slam. And in a, a world where there was no obvious Jonah Williams replacement, and everyone wants to say that on social media, oh, Jonah sucked, replace him. There was no obvious one. Orlando Brown was really the only option, and they landed him. Like, could you imagine? Let's just throw this out there. I talked about Jawan Taylor, and we were focused on right tackle. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. There's the hole. And we're going to talk about it in just a second. If the Bengals had signed Jawan Taylor to a four-year, $80 million deal, and their plan was to move him to left tackle, I would have a ton of questions, a ton of questions about that. And that's left tackle money. And the Bengals got the better left tackle, and I believe that, the better player for much less. Better track record for sure. As with any signing, you have to wait and see what happens. Like, who who knows, right? You you never... You never really know how these things are going to go, but on paper, I, I 100% agree with you. This looks like a great value signing for a good player who is going to be your left tackle for the next three, four years. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i excited about it. And that being said, let's talk about the right tackle spot. Because to me, left tackle through right guard, it's the best line Joe Burrow has had since being in the league, at least on paper. You're right. Who knows how it works out, but best line he's had probably regardless of the right tackle, but it came out and Frank Pollock talked about it with Dave Lapham. Uh, I haven't heard it yet. You heard that. 
Albert Breer reported this as well. And it makes sense. But Jonah Williams, $12.6 million guaranteed right now, penciled in at that right tackle spot. Lyle Collins still rehabbing uh, from that knee reconstruction surgery he underwent in January. What are your thoughts on that? The idea of moving Jonah Williams to me makes sense. But what do you think? Yeah, I think it's not ideal. In in a perfect world, Jonah just took the step that we thought he would take last year. And then you're talking about Jonah getting a deal like this instead. And he's your franchise left tackle for the next four years. and, And then you can get a right tackle instead. That didn't happen. So in the world we live in, they could stand to improve on the offensive line in general. And so the idea of moving Jonah to the right side, while it's not like perfect world utopia, it should make them better. It should enable them to get their best five linemen onto the field. And say Lyle Collins has a great recovery. Then you get this competition. And Frank Pollock talked about that with, uh, with, with Dave Lapham too, talked about, you know, if those guys go out there and compete, we find a competition brings out the best in guys. So great. I, I also wouldn't rule out them being creative further if Lyle Collins oh. is healthy. Oh, oh. I mean, this is a really creative move, right? So why are we ruling anything out at this point? And sure. from most creative to least creative, this could be trading Jonah Williams and also like least likely to potentially most likely, although I don't think any of these things are necessarily likely, but trading Jonah would be incredibly creative. Um, it also leaves a hole at right tackle, which is why you mm-hmm. would see that not happening. Moving Jonah or LC to guard and trying to improve at left guard. Say say LC gets healthy. He's played guard. Yeah. Jonah's size could translate to guard if he can do it from a skill perspective. You know, he has some issues with power from time to time. Can they get better at left guard as well? Can they get their best five onto the field? That's got to be the goal to me. And, and mm-hmm. whatever path to get there the Bengals want to take, great. Um, but they do have some creativity options here that are opened up. Mm-hmm. based on having this additional depth, at least for now. We'll see what happens. Like maybe LC just gets released, right? Maybe this is writing on the wall for LC. Doesn't feel like that's necessarily the case, but I, I mean, they, they keep surprising me, right? They, they've made two moves so far that are surprising. And so ruling anything out at this point feels a little foolish. Yeah, I I think that Jonah, I would be surprised. Be I, surprised I think it just, sure. I, I, to me, he's coming off of a down year, locked into a guaranteed salary. They know him and probably value him more than our listeners, for example, the majority of our listeners. And the thing Jonah was known for coming out was his versatility, was his ability to play multiple spots. And I think back, this is way back now, but the Belichick Saban HBO doc, and, and I forget the exact name of it, but they're at Bama's Pro Day, and Belichick goes up to Saban, and he's like, what about Williams? Where do you think he can play? And he said, oh, he could play anywhere. And that's why we've talked about it. <laughs> that's why we've talked about it. It almost seems like every year of, oh, could you move Jonah? Well, now's the time because you do have a stud left tackle. And no one on this offensive line, maybe no one on this team, Jake, should have a bigger chip on his shoulder than Jonah Williams because he's suddenly like – like people think he's Bobby Hart. <laughs> like people think he's just awful. Hmm. And I think he deserves credit through, for playing through injury. And I think he was better than awful even last year, which was a down year, and he needs to have a bounce back year. So why not show the league that you can have a bounce back year at right tackle? So I, I would be pretty surprised if it's not him. That said, could they make a, a pick at 28 
that makes it interesting? Absolutely. Could they do a trade him? Could they move him? A bunch of things could happen. And, and I think the fun part is, is they actually solve that the left tackle position. So let's uh, continue the conversation and, and get to a couple of other signings, including an offensive line addition that the Bengals made on Thursday. We'll do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. So maybe you're new to sports betting. It's live in Ohio, by the way. has been for a few months now. Really easy to use. So download the FanDuel app. And you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So whether it's NBA, whether it's NFL futures, whether you just want to wager on the, the number of points Steph Curry is going to score or the number of fouls Draymond Green is going to have or insert whatever else, you can do all of those things at FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. A number of moves for the Bengals on Thursday as their free agency is just getting started because I think we're still expecting a couple of moves here too. But Cody Ford, a guy that the Bengals coveted in the 2019 draft, a guy that was mocked to the Bengals at one point in March of 2019 to the Bengals in the first round when they picked Jonah Williams instead. Uh, ends up signing a one-year deal with the Bengals. He will take that backup swing offensive lineman role, very versatile player. Hasn't been great in the NFL, hasn't really found his footing in the NFL. Pretty good size, though. And so a, a reclamation project there a little bit for Frank Pollock, a guy that this front office has liked for a long time. Trent Taylor also returns to the Bengals. He'll be reprising his role as a punt returner and yep. a backup slot receiver. So those are the the couple of other minor moves. I would call both of them minor moves, James. Cody Ford sure. would be a backup. I, I think he might even be like the third offensive lineman off the bench. But we'll see. I mean, this team signed him for a reason. Yeah. I, I you know, I think he he has a chance to be that the Max Sharping like swing guard if if he can show that. And the beauty is is you have Jackson Carmen as, as your backup left guard and Akeem Adenogy as your back or, or left tackle, excuse me, and Adenogy as your backup right tackle. And that's before you get to the draft, right? And maybe there's a competition at right tackle. We talked about that. Maybe you do keep Lel Collins. I'm assuming that they wouldn't in that scenario, but a lot of options suddenly in the offensive line room. The, the fun thing about Ford to me, it's not fun. It's interesting. He was teammates with Orlando Brown Jr. at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so who knows? Connection there, maybe not. Does it matter? Might not matter at all. Could be good for, for Ford to be around Brown. Obviously, he underachieved with the Bills and then went to Arizona and, and blocked alongside Billy Price this past year, which is kind of funny. And uh, and so now he's in Cincinnati, so we'll see. I also think a lot of times when these guys get signed, teams go off their pre-draft evaluations. Mm-hmm. I just think it's worth noting Frank Pollock wasn't here for that 2019 draft. So – did he like Ford as much as the Bengals did? How much went into that? Was this visit about that, about fit, about culture, about what? I don't know. But they signed him pretty quickly after he arrived in Cincinnati. So we'll we'll see if it pays off. Yeah, one of two visits reported on the transaction wire on Thursday. The other one of those is Nick Scott, safety 
for the Los Angeles Rams who started in the Super Bowl against the Bengals two years ago. I asked uh, Sosa, guy who used to cover the Rams for Locked On Rams, about about Scott because I don't know much about this player. I hardly knew he existed, quite frankly, before this reported interest. He, he's described to me as a versatile, solid all-round safety, better playing downhill, not a guy that you necessarily want in the Jesse Bates deep free safety kind of role, but is is okay there, is really good as, as a run-supporting defender as well. Um, you know, you look at his PFF grades, has some work to do in coverage, so that kind of lines up. Big hitter, uh, seems like, you know, a solid player. Seventh-round pick, that deal was on the transaction wire, and that used to mean that the visit had completed and the player was gone without a deal being signed. I don't know if that's the case. It could just be a timing thing for Scott. I'm not sure. But the Bengals are definitely looking at safety. They're still uh-huh. looking at safety. I don't think there was really any movement except Nasir Adderley retired on Thursday. Yeah, That's the only thing that I'm aware of. So Bengals still kicking the tires of safety. I imagine we're going to see something happen at tight end at some point still. Those markets really didn't move. As of recording this on Thursday, now now it's about 7 p.m. Eastern time, but uh, that that's where they're at for those positions. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the breaking news, the crazy news, the news everybody came for. And uh, I'll preface this with a poll. And uh, I waited till what the 25 minute mark, and Jake knows where I'm going. A poll on Twitter. Over 1,200 people voted in 90 minutes. 70 percent would rather hear about Jake's date than Jake on Orlando Brown Jr. So we covered Orlando Brown Jr. We are locked on Bengals, not locked on Jake's dating life. And I think you prefer it that way. That said, how did uh, how did the date go on Wednesday night? I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly he gets very player speak. It, it, it was a great effort out there. I yeah. had a nice time. Where, where'd you go? We went out. Yeah, restaurant, <laughs> bar, both. Yep. Restaurant? I don't, I, I don't did know. Did you eat food together? We had a nice time. Did you eat? Did you not eat food? It was 7.30. I hope you ate. Look, just trying to execute the plays out there <laughs> and, and do what we're coached to do. Oh, God. Always time to go back to the film and get better. You being serious? Is this what we're getting? Is this what we're getting? <laughs> like, she we're getting. like, she listens. Like, she listens. This Good is what God. we're getting. This oh is, this is, hey, you said it. This is not a locked on Jake's dating podcast. It's not. I'm just curious. Did you eat food? I'm literally going to ask you what you ordered. I'm more curious about the fact that this was a topic of conversation for your live in-person radio thing. Yeah, multiple people brought it up. I was on 1530 with Tony Pike in, in Austin Elmore. And um, afterwards, they were like, yeah, Jake, Jake had a date, huh? Because <laughs> they saw your tweet. And so I was like, all right, I got to at least discuss this. So do you think there'll be a second date? I'm, I'm hopeful. Okay. We, we so it went it. that well. It was hopeful. nice. I, I had a nice time. We had a good time. Do you think it was more fun than talking about Orlando Brown Jr. in an emergency episode with me? Real that close. would have been fun. See, that would have been fun. So what's your answer? It, it would have been fun. As the people who listen to this show know, I'm very passionate about covering the Cincinnati Bengals and signing somebody that's unprecedented is is a pretty crazy thing. 
And it was the first thing that I talked about. I'll tell you that. When I got there, we, we arrived at the same time. We were walking into the, the establishment together. And I was like, you, you won't believe the, just... the context in which I've just arrived. I just finished recording my podcast and uploaded the podcast. And the biggest free agency news that could have possibly happened occurred five minutes before I was going to walk out the door. And did, so that, did, that was the, the start of things. Did she understand that? Yeah. Like, it, she I might not know, it, but, but yeah. She might not care about NFL at all. That's why I'm curious. Like, most people here don't. That, and that's what I mean. You're in Canada too. So that makes it even harder. So you're like, yeah, they signed a really big player. And she's like, all right. Yeah. No, she <laughs> really. She, uh, was she like, thanks for meeting humored, me? I mean, you could have, you literally, me. And, and I'm glad you didn't, by the way. I mean, it was very simple. You were like, Ah, uh, curse word, curse word in our DM, and I was like, "I got it, dude. Go." <laughs> it was very simple. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That said, I mean, if you had told her, there might not have been a, a makeup date, but like, oh my god, I have to do this. I wouldn't have blamed you necessarily because it is. You're right. It was unprecedented, and it's fine. We get your opinion today. It doesn't matter, and there's more intrigue about Jake's dating life, anyways. But I was just. You know, I don't want she this to be feel, a thing, though. People should, should not expect continued updates about this. No, Let's no, just no, set no. that precedent. It, it won't be a thing unless it keeps interrupting our schedule. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was show. 10 p.m. It's, it's, a, it's one of those things where, like, we, we were late in the first place. Yep. And I thought we were safe. I thought we were safe. I sat down on my couch, and Mike Garofolo, I, I saw that I got the notification, and I'm like, I'm going to be a while. And I went downstairs and, and as I went downstairs, I DM'd you and I knew I had articles to write and videos to do and podcasts to do and mm -hmm. editing to do. And, uh, I was up for the next, I mean, it was 1030. I was up till two, two something, you know, I mean, it was, that's what happens when the Bengals do something big and I'm not complaining by the way. And, uh, by the way, for those wondering, we're going to hear from Orlando Brown on Friday and uh, and so we'll see, you know, obviously if the Bengals do anything else, we'll, we'll have you covered there as well. But uh, Orlando Brown Jr. expected expected the chat and meet with the media on Friday, which is big news. Yeah, if the Bengals sign a safety or tight end, we'll be back reacting to that. We'll talk about whatever Orlando Brown Mike Gesicki. Press Mike conference. Gesicki. Dalton Schultz. And Orlando Brown's going to talk about, you know, the opportunity to play left tackle, and that's a huge motivating factor for him. I'm sure we'll, we'll hear a little bit about his motivation. You heard Frank Pollock talk about it uh, quite a bit with Dave Lapham, and, and that seems like something that's really important to him. So I'm sure we'll hear about that. We'll talk about that next time we talk to you, whether that's on Sunday or whether that's the next time the Bengals make a move. What store at Kenwood Mall would I find Mike Gesicki if I'm trying to track him down? Nordstrom. I don't know what stores are in Kenwood Mall. There you go. Nordstrom. That's a store in Kenwood Mall. Nailed it. Uh, is the Sharper... What's that store called? The Sharper Image? Sharper... I don't think that exists anymore. What are, you gonna name me what are you going to name Media Play after that? Sharper Image might exist, but not to me. Uh, I mean. Annie's Pretzels? A uh, Auntie Anne's? That's what Sharper it's Image is a thing. Oh, wow. Is it you better get out of here, James. Uh, the Bengals... It is in we'll Kenwood Mall. We'll continue to try to make moves to improve really? their team. They still have a ton of cap space to spend here. Some of that will probably be eaten up by an eventual Joe Burrow extension, but they're showing, I think, that they're structuring deals to save space. So still expecting some more moves despite this massive cash outlay. Might not be top of market moves for no, some I think of these it's other just guys. Online. I think it's just online. So if you want to get your lady something from Sharper Image, you could do that, sharperimage.com.
Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. When the Bengals make their next move, we will be back. Hootay, and have a good one.